Hello and welcome to the Bible Dig Godcast, a fun-filled exploration of archaeology and the Bible. And now, here are your hosts, author J.S. Earls and attorney Peter A. Papoutsas. Welcome back to the Bible Dig Podcast. Uh, one of the things that we are going to try to do a little differently moving forward is we are going to present recent discoveries at the beginning of the podcast just kind of keep you guys up to date so we're getting it out to you within weeks or a month of when the discoveries actually happen the first one that we are going to be covering is a very recent discovery i think it, it, it was published in january of this year january 5th of 2021 but what's fascinating about this is that the archaeological finding is they found the dance floor where John the Baptist was sentenced to, you know, beheading or decapitation. So for those of you who, who know that passage from the New Testament, John the Baptist was executed or beheaded because his then wife's daughter, so that would be Herod Antipas's stepdaughter, did a very seductive dance. Her name was Salome. And at the end of the dance, according to the Bible, you know, Herod, you know, said, I'll give you whatever you want. That was a great dance. I'll give you whatever you want. What do you want me to give you? And at the urging of her mother, Herodias, I believe her name was, she said, you know, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the only place that this could have happened, obviously, was in Herod's palace. We knew that this was a birthday celebration. The place where Antipas Herod's fork was found was in a place called Macheris, or the way it's pronounced in Greek is Macheris, which means sword. Now, this was found back in 1980, but nobody really thought anything of it because, okay, well, we found Herod's place, but, you know, the execution could have happened anywhere. The reason why the archaeologists at this time, Gaioso Voros, director of the Macheras excavations, stated that, yeah, we had this place in 1980. We already found it. We excavated it, but we didn't know if it was the actual place where the beheading of John the Baptist would have happened. But we found something that really tipped it in our favor, and that is they uncovered certain certain niches I believe on a wall and on the floor that would have been where Herod Antipas's throne would have been. So now it takes on a whole different connotation. If that's where the throne would have been, then that's where the birthday celebration would have been in this entire open area. It's also a, a fort looking structure, which is actually something that Josephus talks about, because actually Josephus talks about and documents the beheading of John the Baptist. It's a little bit different than the biblical story. The biblical story says it was because of his stepdaughter Salome doing a very seductive dance and then asking for the, the head of John the Baptist on a silver platter. Whereas Josephus states that Antipas Herod executed or beheaded John the Baptist because he was a very vocal critic of his marriage to Herodias, which was his brother's wife. Okay, the Bible talks about that as well, but Josephus says that's why he killed him, not because of the seductive dance. So there's a little bit of a discrepancy, but not much. I think that, you know, you just have two different witnesses talking about the same event because both the Bible and Josephus do confirm that Antipas Herod was the one that beheaded John the Baptist and that John the Baptist was beheaded. So the stories are the same. It's just why they occurred. But even the Bible talks about the reason why he initially jailed John the Baptist was because he was criticizing him for marrying his brother's wife. And actually, if you read the biblical story, the biblical story, story is actually more scandalous because <laughs> he wanted to get with his stepdaughter and that's why he cut 
off John the Baptist's head. So there you go. You have archaeological proof. Again, not all archaeologists are uh, on board with that, but there's enough there that it confirms the biblical story. It confirms what Josephus states in his writings. And um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Just real quick. Just some specifications or some added detail. Courtyard and dance floor. The archaeological team found 53 pot shards also that had Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek and Latin inscriptions on them. There are about Hmm. over 10,000 ceramic pieces of cooking vessels and cups and plates and all that stuff. 137 datable coins. So you actually have, you know, know, ancient money that can be traced to this area. So again, it's not definitive, but there's so much evidence now that it really does confirm, for the most part, what we find in the New Testament and what we find in Josephus about uh, Antipas Herod beheading and executing John the Baptist. And now we will be getting into the feature presentation. Dun, dun, dun. Sodom and Gomorrah. A lot of people, you know, obviously know the story or the rough story of how it was, you know, destroyed by fire and brimstone. And if you go in the back of your Bibles, you know, they always have the maps, you know, in the back of the Bibles, they have the maps. And there actually is um, a map in most Bibles uh, that show the location of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah being, I think somewhere like it's, it's in Israel or Palestine, whatever you want to call it. And it's like somewhere South in the, like the, like the Dead Sea or right around it. And, you know, and everybody was like, okay, yeah, that's where it is without ever thinking, well, wait a minute, what's the, what's the archeology span behind that? That confirms that. Well, I don't have his name, but it's the, it's the tall El Hammam archaeological site. The, the the archaeologist, I'll find the name of the archaeologist in a sec here, but it's interesting that when they started to look at the scriptures back in Genesis as to where the location of Sodom and Gomorrah was, which remember, Sodom and Gomorrah are two cities, and then there were five other cities that were associated with it. So that's why they called Sodom and Gomorrah a metropolis, because it had multiple cities. It was a, it was a, it was a, almost like a little nation state. But when you start to correlate the biblical passages of Sodom and Gomorrah with what you find in the back of your Bibles of where everybody thought Sodom and Gomorrah was, it wasn't adding up. It wasn't adding up at all. So the the archaeologist's name is Philip J. Silvia of Trinity Southwest University in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, and they've been ex- and they were ex- excavating this site in Jordan for the last uh, thirteen years. They basically said, okay, well, look, it's not adding up. The site that everybody keeps thinking is is Sodom and Gomorrah, which is like right under the Dead Sea in Israel. It's not adding up. It's not matching what we're finding in Scripture. It's also not matching what we're finding in the Quran. And it's also not matching up with what the local Bedouin people are telling us about their stories of Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody's telling us, so this is the, the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, the local Bedouin people, they're all pointing us to Jordan. They're all pointing us to this this site in Jordan that has nothing to do with Palestine, that has nothing to do with Israel. So they go there, they start excavating this site, you know, 13 years ago. And I'm trying to find the date. The date, when I say 13 years ago, this was from December 4th, 2018. So it was 13 years before December 4th of 2018. Now, all of a sudden, they start excavating where the Torah, the Quran, the local Bedouin people are telling them Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah are. Boom, they start finding a massive city. In fact, the reason why it took them 13 years and it's ongoing is because now they're excavating all the other cities that were associated with this main city of Sodom and then Gomorrah. And I think 
if I remember correctly, I think Gomorrah was the main city as opposed to Sodom. So, and it became so, it's, it became such a big event it, and it became, and it was, and it was confirming the Bible and was confirming the Quran as far as like the facts, the details of this location that the government of Jordan back in 2018 or 2019, I think it was 2018, declared at the official archaeological site of Sodom and Gomorrah. And instead of being south of the Dead Sea, it ends up being north and to the east of the Dead Sea, obviously in Jordan. They dated it to about 37 to 3,800 years ago, which, you know, given the archaeological evidence that we have of the patriarchs moving around at that time, the Bedouin people, the semi-civilizations, nomadic civilizations at that time, that, that pretty much corresponds to what we roughly thought was the, the existence of Sodom and Gomorrah. The story that I have that is actually in the December 4th, 2018 article by Forbes magazine, and it was written by Mr. Eric Mock, M-A-C-K, actually found further geological evidence of what the Bible and the Quran were saying about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, we know from, from scripture that it said that, you know, fire and brimstone uh, rained down upon it and destroyed it. Now they're finding, and th again, this was December 4th of 2018. So what was that, th three years ago? Is that three years ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says, new research finds that a powerful airburst from a meteor colliding with the atmosphere, our atmosphere obviously, may have wiped out a Bronze Age civilization along the north side of the Dead Sea some 3,700 years ago at the Tal El Hamad archaeological site in Jordan, which many believe is the location of Sodom and Gomorrah, which is ongoing in its archaeological excavation. So that's fascinating where they're, they're, they're combining archaeology and geology, and they're able to bring it together to say, well, we, we have now the archaeological site of what the Torah, the Quran, the local Bedouin people are telling us is the location of Sodom and Gomorrah. We now have geological evidence of a airburst from a meteor i.e. brimstone, fire and brimstone, that would have rained down on this area and destroying it. And it was 3,700 years ago, right in the Bronze Age civilization that we know all of these events took place. So again, is it 100%? No, it's not 100%. It's not a you know smoking gun, but it's the closest that we can get. And it, and it does fit into both the location evidence of Sodom and Gomorrah in the Torah and in the Quran, and also confirmed by the local Bedouin people in that area. But yeah, but I mean, the great thing is, yeah, as they were narrowing down, they're saying, oh, well, we thought it was that side originally, but then now, you know, it makes a lot more sense uh, for it to be over here. And there's evidence for the other, what do they call them, the cities of the plain? Yes, in the cities Bible, of the plain. The, just that fit with the scripture a lot more. And also from the things they found uh, from the evidence and stuff that, that they found about that was um, confirming that. And then... They're also finding evidence of there was probably some explosion in the air. And they, I think they even have, I think they even saw us like some uh, photographs or something that of uh, where they have. Yeah, there was like, it's almost like some kind of like rock faces or something. And it has right, um, like right. streaks across it. Pete may remember more details about this than me, but it's pretty much the um, similar situation to what happened in uh, Tunguska and yes. uh, Russia. Um, yes, I was just thinking about that. And You're Russia, right, yes. and that was one of the things that they had talked about and that a lot of yes. people had said uh, for years is that they were really fortunate 
that there was it was a very not populated area <laughs> where yeah. where that happened in Russia because like it took out and it, it, it like took out miles of miles of if you yeah look at the photographs it's not a place you need to you needed to be at the time. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, imagine, and that's the thing, they were like, worst case, like, my goodness, like, that would be terrible if something like that actually happened near uh, cities or where or heavily, <laughs> heavily populated yeah. areas. And then right. now we're like, oh, well, that, you know, and that was one of the things, too. I think one of the researchers, I don't know how much they actually did, or they were just comparing a lot of the stuff, but I know Tunguska was one of the um, references uh, that one of the the uh, people was like looking over all the evidence and like what those things, like what that left behind and how it affected, even though it was a different kind of landscape, but like still like what the the evidence Correct. looked like from that, like if something like that happened in the air. Yeah, they were comparing that to what they were finding at this site too, which even more, obviously, the, the archaeologists and especially the ones who are Christians are, wow, this even more sounds like it could be the Bible story and, and makes sense with what they said. Yeah, that's correct. And, you know, and, and again, from a geological and a meteorological point of view, it's well within the realm of possibility. You know, the, the our Earth has had and will continue to have meteors that um, hit the ground, uh, some not causing a lot of damage and some causing extinction, extinction level events like the dinosaurs 65 million years ago or Sodom and Gomorrah, or Tunguska, or even a recent, I think they even had a very recent meteor explosion off of a, what is a Siberian, Russian Siberian town a few years right. back, they caught on video, yeah. which lit up the area so oh, much, yeah. you thought it was, you thought it was daytime. Yeah. Um, so these are not uncommon events, you know, and when you get into the, uh, just the geological and meteorological aspect of it, uh, scientists that are into that discipline will tell you, yeah, it's, the earth is covered with this stuff, and uh, we're actually we're actually thinking that it'll happen again in the future. So, uh, yeah, not out of the possi- realm of possibility at all. Very, uh, I hate to say it, but from their perspective, very common. I also wanted to touch on more of a history um, evidence and stuff from that uh, Pete and I have discussed before, not on the air, but uh, about Sodom and Gomorrah with the beliefs and one of the reasons why God was not happy with them, and also that um, that a lot of people were not happy with them. Them is because of their isolationist point of view and that they were going to provide for themselves. They were n- kind of known for that in that area. I mean, and to me, that kind of speaks back to the the attitude of Lucifer or whatever of, you know, I'm going to be like the most high, I'm going to provide for myself, blah, blah, blah. They did not like them because they were so like arrogant and so isolationist and were not friendly uh, to visitors and strangers, which obviously if they're trying to rape the angels who came there. Um, <laughs> people get, um, you know, hung up on the homosexual side, but really it's the fact of rape and that that was their attitude. And in a lot of ways, that kind of goes to the way that everything, the, their whole mentality and their their whole worldview of everything that they thought and the way that they did uh, their culture back then was very, it's, it's, it's all about me and what I want, which is basically like a spirit of rape. I mean, it's, it's pretty like, I'm going to take what I want from you and uh, just that, that it's all about me. Well, I think it's it's always been a confusion as to like the cause and effect. And you had to like put the, the story within the context of, of the Torah, because, you know, these stories do pop up. And then you had the prophet Ezekiel. I know we talked about this, about the prophet Ezekiel. Prophet Ezekiel talks about the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it, yeah, it's 
based on their their selfishness, their narcissism, basically their lack of of of, of humanity. You know, people would say their lack of hospitality, but it's right. more than it's more but than that. It's, yeah, it's 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 that they were all about themselves, and they they thought about only themselves. Which, if you know anything about Middle Eastern culture, whether you, they like you or not, if you are a guest in their home, right. in their tent, in their area, they Middle Eastern people go out of their way to be gracious and hospitable and you know, just basically loving. So you're, you're talking about rice and dates and fruit and lamb and beef, whatever it is, they bring it to you and they right. want you to feast with them. You're a guest under their house. And while you're a guest under their house, you are under their protection. You are under their care. So it's always thinking about the other. It's your obligation towards the other to be loving and caring. So all of these other things, whether it's, you know, uh, homosexuality or the the killing of the unborn, which they also uh, associated with Sodom and Gomorrah, it was because they never thought of the other. They never thought about caring about the other. They just said, "What are my needs? What are my wants? What are my appetites? I want to." It's all about me, 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 and me. And also, that also translated out. One of the things that a lot of people you got to read it all in context is that they were a very warlike people. They were not a yeah. very nice people at all. Okay, well, what is that? What else does what what other story does that sound like? Well, that kind of sounds like the civilization that existed prior to the flood. And what else does that sound like? Well, that sounded like the civilization that was, you know, in Jericho before the walls came down. And what are the so when you're reading these stories in comparison to each other, and you have to, it's because they are, are well, they're basically violating the great commandment. What's the great commandment? You shall love God with your entire being, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. These stories show us that they're not loving, they're not caring towards God or their fellow man in any way, shape, or form, and that violence, hatred sprung out of that, and that that led to their destruction. So, you know, yes, you can see all of these other things that are manifestations of it, but really at its core, it's because they were like what you said, they were narcissistic, they were about themselves, they were selfish, and that then gave them a sense of entitlement. Like we're the best. Look at our cities. They're so big. We're so powerful. We have a king. We have many kings. We have, you know, this massive army. Yeah. It means nothing, you know, in the eyes of God when you're not when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing according to his covenant. And there they, they got judged for it. For more info on the Bible Dig Godcast, please visit the Bible Dig Facebook page. And remember, when in doubt, just get diggy with it. <laughs>